I've been studying the last week or so on uh, where the Lord suffered outside the camp and the, the different uh, offerings and burnt offerings that was offered outside the camp. And uh, don't quite have that together yet, but was uh, during that study, it was come up on these, the lepers. And the lepers, of course, when they had leprosy, was put outside the camp. So uh, we'll look at that in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And if you have a page marker, you might hold it there. You're thinking we'll go back and forth there uh, several times this evening as we go through this. And as we, as we look at this, I was reminded as I talked to you brothers and sisters about how all the honor and glory goes to the Lord. And, and we're, we're looking for those occasions that we can point that out, that all honor and glory goes to the Lord. And it's not that way with much of the world. It's, it's really not. They're looking for ways to give honor and glory to man. And as we look at these lepers tonight, uh, we'll see that there are places where they would give honor and glory to man. Uh, but we want to show that certainly there's no honor and glory due to man. It all does go to the Lord. So Luke chapter 17, and uh, let's start in verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And Paul, just for a moment there, but as we look at the world today, as I mentioned, there are, seem to be so few that gives the honor and glory to the Lord. They want to take, well, like the one gentleman said, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And that's what the world seems to, to cling to. But here, there are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Your Bible may say well. I think the word whole uh, actually fits there uh, better. But, uh, well, weren't, weren't the other nine, weren't they made whole? It doesn't say that. And we'll, again, we'll try to, to talk about that. But uh, verse 11, and like I said, we'll, we'll go back and forth to this. Verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
So he's going to go to Jerusalem. But the path he was going to take was going to take him through uh, Samaria. And uh, something else we want to be aware of as so to to dispel what some of the world will say, because we're going to see, well, we, we read it there, these lepers, they called out to the Lord. So then is it up to us to take the first step? That's what the world, many of them would say. So we, we want to go uh, and look at some things so we can uh, dis, uh, disprove that theory that uh, it's us taking the first step. So here he's going to go to Jerusalem. But he's going to go through Samaria first of all. And uh, again, why is he going through? Well, there's these ten lepers there, for one. I don't know what else, but there's these ten lepers there that he's going to cleanse. This one is going to make whole. So, uh, to show it wasn't these lepers taking the first step, calling out to the Lord. There were other steps taken first. So let's go to Luke chapter 9. Hold your place here in, in 17. Luke chapter 9. To get a little wider view of what's going on here. Luke 9 and uh, verse 51. Starting in verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And what I want to point out, everywhere he would go, he would send his messengers to, well, preach. Would tell about the Lord before he ever got there. And that's very important for us to, to understand as we look at this tonight. Uh, verse 53, and, uh, and they did not receive him, because his face was it as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So here uh, he was going to go to Jerusalem, going to go through Samaria, by way of Samaria. But it tells us that he sent men before him into these different cities. It wasn't just the Lord walking in there. He sent messengers before him to tell about the Lord that was to come. But many didn't receive him. And, and uh, his disciples there, uh, James and John, said, Well, they don't receive you. You want us to call fire down from heaven like Elijah did and kill all of them? He said, You don't know what spirit you are of. Sometimes... We may feel that way a little bit. Well, they're not going to believe. And what, well, what a sin that is if we think that. They're not, 
we don't know. We don't know who God's children are. And to say they're not going to believe, what, what a sin that would be. But anyway, uh, but I understand. When you talk to people, well, they're not going to believe. You know, I understand because uh, a lot do not believe. But he said, you know, you don't know uh, what spirit you have here. Uh, and, and I want to go to, to Matthew chapter 5 real quick. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Of course, you know Israel, and for years, and all the nations that were gathered against them, that seemed to be the way that it was. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors and publicans do the same." And if, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the heathen so? Be ye therefore perfect or complete, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. So what it's saying here is not, not what James and John, James and John said, well, they're not bleeding, just call fire down and just destroy them all. Well, that wasn't what he's teaching here. The teaching is that we don't know. And it talks about loving the enemy. Now, I don't, and I've been talking to some about this, and, and how, do we, how do we love our enemies? Well, we're talking about enemies to the cross. Would we call fire down from heaven, just destroy all of them, they'll never believe? Well, we don't know that, and we're kind of uh, lifted up in ourselves whenever we think that. Oh, they would never believe. We don't, we don't know that. But it says we're to pray for them. That's, that's the spirit. We don't know. We, we can't tell. Now, we can judge the fruit, but we can't tell by looking. Again, I, and I think just a, a perfect example is Ananias. When the Lord said, you go and, and lay your hands on Saul, he's going to receive his sight. But Lord, I've heard what he's, yeah, what he's done to the disciples and everything. But he was one of them. And we don't know that. So, so here uh, they were on their way to, he was going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to go through Samaria. He sent messengers before him. And they all certainly did not receive him. And uh, they said, well, you want us to just call fire down from heaven like Elijah did. He said, no, you don't know what spirit you're of. So there's a lesson for us as well. A good lesson, I, I believe. But anyway, we, we want to point out and, and remember that he sent messengers first into these cities. Uh, something else I think it's good to know, he was going to go through Samaria. Going to Jerusalem, but he's going by way of Samaria. And 
something I think it's good for us to keep in mind. And, and the, this leper was a Samaritan too, as we saw. And uh, hold your place here again in Luke 17. But let's go back to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 17. We'll learn something about the Samaritans all the way back here. These were not highly thought of. 2 Kings 17. Uh, let's see. And verse, okay, 2 Kings 17, verse 24. I was in the wrong place there. Okay, so we're going to learn something about Assyria, uh, 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 Samaria. And the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon, and from Kutath, and from Ava, and from Hamath, and from Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria, instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in its cities. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent lions among them, which slew some of them. Wherefore they spoke unto the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom thou hast removed and placed in the cities of Samaria know not the manner of the God of this land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, and behold, they slay them, because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Take there one of the priests whom ye brought from there, and let him go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner of God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. Howbeit, every nation made gods of their own and put them in houses of the high places which the Samaritans had made every nation in their cities which they dwelt. So this was certainly occupied by Israel, but the king of Assyria took them out and put all these different nations in there. And, but things weren't going too well. They had a plague of lions. And so they told the king of Assyria, he said, well, go get one of the priests of Israel and let them teach them. So these were, uh, of course, Gentiles who Israel looked on as dogs. But that's who was in Samaria. These were all just mixed uh, people that the king of Assyria put there. And then he put the one priest there, a priest there, to try to teach them the ways of God. So that's the Syrians. Israel looked down on the Syrians. Israel looked down on the Samaritans. But here our Lord going to Jerusalem... But he says, I want to go through Samaria. A lot of them weren't believing. And James and John said, you want to call down fire and just destroy them all? No, he had, he had ten there. How do I want to say this? And I don't think I'm... I'm not sure how to phrase it. He had ten 
But he had one, uh, how do I say it, more special than the other nine. Or that he was going, well, there was one that he had endued with more blessings and knowledge than the other nine. Let me say that way. But there was ten there that he was going to cleanse. Nine, one was, uh, had more blessings than, than the ten. So back in Luke uh, 17 again, and uh, verse 11 and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar off. So these were, these were lepers. And again, the lepers, if, if one had leprosy, he had to be outside the camp. He wasn't inside the city and everything like that. So the lepers had to be outside the camp. And again, we've been studying on that this week. But outside, they were put outside the camp. We've studied about leprosy before, and uh, there's a lot in leprosy. One thing we know about leprosy, well, I guess a few things we know about leprosy, but... It's given by God. I won't go there to Leviticus, I think the 14th chapter. He's telling when you go in this land, and when I put the plague of leprosy, so he puts it there. Something else about leprosy. There was no cure given. You know, a lot of uh, uh, things, they had, you know, salves and ointments and... Uh, all these different things and, and oils and spices and remember the plague of the serpents that look upon the brazen serpent and everything. There was seemed like it was cure for all these things. Leprosy, there was no cure. Now, there was one cure, but it's from God. So there was no ointments, there was no this, no that. Leprosy, if you had leprosy, if you was cured, one way. And doesn't that sound familiar one way? <laughs> but if you had leprosy and you was cured, you knew there was only one way. It wasn't anything you did. There's no salves, ointments, no brazen serpent to look upon. If you was cured from leprosy, it was because the Lord cured you. Cured you. Nothing you did. The praise all belonged to to the Lord. Now, after one was healed from leprosy by the Lord, then there were uh, different things that they would do for purification and cleansing and so forth like that. They would go to the priest and do these things. But as far as being healed from leprosy, one way. No, no concoction, nothing they could do, one way, and that was, that was of the Lord. But again, after that, that'll be another lesson, but after they were healed, then there were this purification, cleansing, and uh, ashes, which was burned outside the camp and so forth. Uh, okay, uh, verse 12 again. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices 
and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, I know the world would look at this and say, see, it's up to you. You have to take the first step. You have to call on the Lord. And many other steps they'll have that you have to do. So that's the difference between the world and the, and the Lord's uh, true churches, let me say. So they said, or uh, says, uh, and they lift up a voice and said to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, this was all ten. All ten of them had knowledge. Where did they get that knowledge? Well, we already read where the Lord sent messengers into these towns before he went. I'll get ahead of myself a little bit, but in case I don't get there, let me go ahead and mention this too. For them to hear this message, for them to call on the Lord... They had to be living sheep. They had to have hearing ears and seeing eyes. All these things were steps taken before they called on the Lord. The world says, it's up to you to take the first step, but it's not. There were several steps taken before that. So all, but all ten of them had knowledge of the Lord. These witnesses went before and told them about the Lord. And obvious, they believed. And they called on him. Uh, hold your place again. <laughs> Let's go to Romans chapter 10. This tells us this, and Chuck and I talked about this uh, different times through the years. Uh, Romans chapter 10. Because again, the world, well, let's just read it. You hear a lot from the world, Romans 10 and 13. You hear this quote a lot. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they stop. And then they say, it's up to you to call the Lord to be saved. Where does the honor and glory go to? Well, it goes to you. But they don't go on. And we see these, these ten, they called on the Lord. But we, we know other things have taken place. Other steps have taken place. And that's what this tells us here in, uh, in Romans 10. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And yes, those people are saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Well, these lepers, they believed. That's why they called on him. And how shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? Well, they heard because the Lord sent messengers before them. So you see all these steps that were taken. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And again, the Lord sent his, his servants to, to teach them. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So no doubt these brought glad tidings of good things. And these ten lepers, they heard. They believed. And they called on the Lord. But, all the, but the honor and glory doesn't go to them. It all goes to the Lord. All these steps were taking place before the Lord had chosen them. And again, that's the reason he's going through, or one of the, ten of the reasons he's going through Samaria. The rest of them didn't seem like he's going to believe. James and John, do you want to just destroy all of them? No. I've got ten here. 
And, well, he chose those 10 before the foundation of the world. Uh, so now let's back in Luke again. But we see this calling wasn't the first step. There were other steps that were taking place. Uh, we see it with the lepers, certainly. He had, uh, he had chosen them, given them eyes and ears, sent them to be preached to. They heard, they had hearing ears, and they believed. And then Jesus came, and they saw, and they called out. But all this, the honor and glory, none of it goes to them. It all goes to the Lord. Uh, so we read again that he sent messengers before him. Uh, verse 14 in Luke. And when he saw them, he said to them, uh, well, let me read 13 with it. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Something else. They didn't say, Lord, you owe it to us to heal us or anything like that. They asked for mercy. Didn't ask for justice. They asked for mercy. So these had given them knowledge. Have mercy on us. And verse 14. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. Again, they would go and, and the priest would declare them uh, free of the leper, leprosy. Then there was the, the purification process and cleansing, but the healing was from the Lord. They were healed here. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. So we know they didn't do anything. There was no salve, there was no ointment, there was no concoction, nothing like that. The healing from this leprosy only comes from the Lord. So as they were walking, ten of them, and told them to go show yourself the priest, and all of a sudden they were cleansed. They were healed by the Lord. Nothing they did. I want to keep pointing that out. Nothing they did. So all ten of them, and You might have in the back of your mind the parable of the ten virgins. I'm not going to mix that in here tonight. But there were ten virgins. They were all virgins, all pure and undefiled from the doctrines of the world. Five were wise, five were foolish, and so forth. And, but just keep that in mind a little bit as we look at this. There were ten lepers here. They all uh, had heard and believed and called out, and were cleansed. But one of them, one of them, uh, verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. We've been talking a lot this evening about the world wants to glorify man. And we see that and that's our nature. That, that, that is our nature to glorify man. That's our nature. That's Adamic, our Adamic nature uh, to glorify man. 
but one of them turned and glorified God. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. We are made whole by the grace of God. Just as the lepers. No other way for them to be healed. No concoction, nothing they could do at all. But we are healed, we are made clean by the grace and mercy of God. So, where does the honor and glory belong? And the Lord's true churches, we are blessed and we rejoice when we hear that. That all the honor and glory goes to the Lord. We, we rejoice in that. And we're thankful and we're grateful for that. But everyone, everyone doesn't feel that way. And I'm going to go to a scripture, and I hope I don't go there too much, but I'm going to the book of Ephesians again. That, and I'll call it that hated book of Ephesians. And uh, I hope I don't go there so much that, that it loses its meaning to you. I certainly uh, pray that that would never be true. But I wanted to go to this, something that, that you love, you see and you love and you're grateful for. And the world hates it. Again, I, I heard it on television. This guy was, he was reading here in Ephesians. He says, though Baptists didn't have this book of Ephesians, they wouldn't have anything. And... I wanted to reach my hand through the television screen, give me by the neck and say, but we have the book of Ephesians and we have the same thing throughout the scriptures. But, but why do they hate this? It gives all the honor and glory to the Lord. doesn't leave any for us. And again, the, the man that I, he's passed away now, but uh, we had a lot of fellowship through the years. And anytime we'd be talking about salvation or something, he'd say, but you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And that's exactly what we would like to think in our natural nature. But here, these, this one, the other were cleansed, but they didn't give the Lord the honor and glory. And I, want, I don't want to leave any doubt to those who may be listening uh, by a recorded message. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, and, and yes, we'll start in verse 3 here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And verse 4. And see, search hard if you want to, but see if there's any way that this scripture gives any honor and glory to man. And you'll see that none, zero. The only thing, we're on the receiving end of his blessed grace and mercy. So, in verse 4, again... This one leper was caused to realize this. This one leper was caused to realize it was from the Lord. He gave the Lord the honor and glory. It says, according as he has chosen us in him. That's according as God has chosen his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy without blame before him in love. Now, beloved, how in the world can you take that 
and give any honor and glory to man. Doesn't stop there. Well, 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 verse 5, having predestinated us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. All, of, all the honor and glory goes to him in all this. And, and you, you talk to people and, and they'll say, well, yeah, he, he predestined it. And, and before the foundation of the world, he chose you. But the way he did it, see, they have to struggle really hard to give man honor and glory. But they do. But the way he did it, he looked down through time to see what he was going to do. And then he chose you. Yeah, before the foundation of the world, but that's because he looked down through time and saw. And saw how good you was going to be. And on the basis of that, he chose you. And I was talking, I've told this story many times. Let me, I won't tell the whole story. Talking to a man one time, and he was talking about that. Yeah, the Lord foreknew he looked down through time. And he was a salesman. And I'd had a uh, uh, piece of equipment broken down. I was all concerned about it. And he came in, oh, I don't worry about anything anymore. So I stopped, and we started talking. And uh, I was pretty quick to go to predestination in those days, and maybe it shouldn't go quite so quickly. But anyway, it did. And, and he, was start, he was talking about, you know, he looked down through time to choose you, to see what you would do and everything. And I said, well, I see your thoughts there. I said, but it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't hold true. You still don't, because he thought you had to have free will, you know. We had to have free will. So God looked down through time and saw the decisions you made and the choices you made and chose you on the basis of that. On his foreknowledge. And this salesman was going to have to be leaving, going to Ironton after uh, uh, our uh, meeting. And I said, that still doesn't, your story, your theory doesn't hold up. I said, if the Lord looked down, and I said, of course the Lord knows all things. But if you say he looked down through time to see what you would do, I said, you're going to Ironton whenever you leave here. And I said, so if the Lord looked down through time and saw you going to Ironton after you leave here and order Pepsi with your lunch, could you order milk? I said, if the Lord looked down through time and saw you going to Ironton having lunch and he saw you ordering Pepsi by your free will, can you order milk? And he kept going around. <clears throat> I kept bringing back to it. And finally, this man, he, well, I guess I am telling this story a little longer than what I wanted to. But he said, when he first came to me, I don't get angry anymore, don't worry anymore. So this man that never gets angry anymore, he said, don't worry about what I'm going to have for lunch. And he stormed out the door. He was very angry. So, but here, how hard do you have to try to give man on glory when it says that God chose his elect in Christ before the foundation of the world? You have to really try hard, well, and you still fail. You, the honor, all the honor and glory goes to God, and that's why it's hated. Having predestinated us to the adoptions of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, and there is according here, according to, according to your choices and decisions, and no, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. And here's this other word. Well, uh, 
actually verse 5 had the word predestination, brings another thought to mind. Uh, several years ago, I had an injury to my vocal cords, and I had to go to a speech pathologist for almost a year, about 10 months. And uh, so I started out, had to learn to talk again, I suppose, to push a cushion of air out through my vocal cords so I wouldn't irritate them again or something like that. And we were very clinical and everything. Finally, she uh, knew that I was uh, teaching and so forth. She said, well, your message on Sunday night, my appointment was on Monday morning, said, I want you to preach your message to me on Sunday morning. And I was, I was nervous. It was, uh, uh, and at first, the first couple of times, she was kind of clinical and everything. And then finally, she says, I don't know about that predestination. She says, we're still in the Bible Belt here, and that's kind of a dirty word. <laughs> and, uh, and it's true. It's a dirty word. I've told you the story. A church building, not about 10 miles from here, I'd heard the rumor that if you use the word predestination in the building or anywhere on the premises, you was automatically excluded. I'd heard that for years. And I was having fellowship with a brother in Florida and asked him if he had heard that. He said, absolutely. He said, I was there. So it was true. The word predestination is hated. Why? Because all the honor and glory of the Lord doesn't leave us any. So uh, these ten were cleansed, but only one of them gave the honor and glory to the Lord. If they don't give the Lord they keep it unto themselves. Uh, so is this, in Ephesians, is this the only place we have this? If we tear this page out, uh, then this goes away? Go to the book of Romans chapter 9. Another place is, is, is hated. And this, talking to a, a, a person that I think a lot of, uh, several years ago, and uh, we were talking, and uh, I read this scripture. I don't know exactly what our conversation was, but I read this scripture. And uh, I'm just going to read one verse here, actually, to save a little time. Romans 9, verse 11. You know, there was a set of twins still in the womb, Jacob and Esau. And uh, uh, it says in verse 11, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It, said, uh, it, it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Still twins, still in the womb. And God said that this person I was talking to said, I could never serve a God like that. It's sad I mean, when you read it right from the scriptures. And judgmental of God, I could never serve a God like that. It reminds me of another story. I was in a barber shop several years ago. And uh, anyway, the, the chair next to me, I overheard them, and I heard the word predestination. So my antennas kind of went up a little bit. And uh, they were mocking it, making fun about predestination. Well, predestination is true. Well, Walk out in front of a freight train, if I believe that, and, and silly things like that. And, and usually, anyway, but I, I piped up a little bit, and I said, well, I said, I said uh, in the Bible, it talks about Jacob and, and Esau, and I said, 
he chose one and not the other one before they was ever come forth out of the womb. I said, it's, it's already predestinated and everything. He said, well, that's typology. I said, well, I said, was there a man called Jacob? Yes. Was there a man called Esau? Yes. Well, did God choose them in the womb, one over the other one? Yes. I said, so it was predetermined before they were born. And the conversation got kind of quiet. That was kind of the end of it. But anyway, it takes all the honor and glory away from man. Uh, I had several other scriptures I wanted to go to, but we're out of time. Let's just go back to our text again and, and uh, kind of rush through it. Verse 15, and one, of the, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face, giving thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Not a high-class citizen, wasn't looked up to, probably the lowest of the lowest. Giving thanks. And Jesus answering said, We're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? All these ten had, had heard, had hearing ears, and the Lord came and on all of them called out because they had heard, they had believed, or they wouldn't have called out. But only one glorified God. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot here that we won't have time to get into and a lot room for a lot more study. First of all, again, people would say, yeah, my faith. Well, who's the author and finisher of our faith? The beginning and ending of our faith comes from the Lord. So no room for honor and glory there. My faith, yeah, faith that was given to you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. But he said, thy faith hath made thee well or whole. So was it his faith that cleansed him from the leprosy? See, all ten of them were cleansed. They believed. But this one here says, uh, and he said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. The others were healed from leprosy, but were they made whole? Were they given honor and glory to the Lord? You see the different healing here? He was healed physically, but also spiritually, that he gave all the honor and glory to the Lord, and he was grateful for the Lord. So there was a different healing here, and that was from faith, but again, where did the faith come? It comes from the Lord. So... These were chosen. Again, many steps made before they called out the Lord. They were chosen. They were given life, given ears, eyes. They were preached to by the disciples. They heard. They believed. And they were healed. And one of them realized that the healing came from the Lord and glorified the Lord. So be thankful that the Lord has cleansed you from the uncleanness.
and be thankful that he's called, that he's, that he's chosen you, that he's given you ears and eyes to see, and that he's caused you to, to go against our nature to give him all the honor and glory. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed. <clears throat>